Well, it's a blessing to be able to um, gather around God's Word, uh, to hear the preaching of God's Word in this day. And as I mentioned, as Gary mentioned uh, in the opening announcement, even though we are not together physically, we are together in spirit. And that is a huge blessing. So um, as we focus our attention now upon the Word of God, um, it's my prayer that we would all be attentive and um, that our spirits would be drawn together in the truth. I'm not sure if any of you or all of you have um, experienced what I have experienced over the last couple weeks, but I feel a sense of um, information overload where it seems like there's just so many different things that are happening um, so quickly. Things are changing very rapidly. Um, you just pull up your phone and it seems like the, the news is um, constantly flowing in of, of different things that are happening around the world. And it's hard to process everything. It's hard to take it all in. And I think that, for myself at least, I've come to the realization that perhaps now more than ever before, I need, we need, a day of rest. A day when we can rest from everything that's happening around us, to sit under the preaching of God's Word, and to rest in the truth of God's Word and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And as we look at the word together this morning, um, as I was preparing this this past week, I struggled with whether to continue with the um, next set of verses that we have in the series that I'm going through in First Peter, or to choose a different text that is um, perhaps more speaks more directly to what's going on around us. And as I struggled with that, I, I, I decided that I will continue to preach through First Peter um, and the next verses that will will follow. Not for the sake of ignoring what is going on around us, because I think the scriptures does have a lot to say to us about what is happening in the world and how to, how to understand that. But in times like these, we need to be focusing our attention upon the Word of God and, and in a sense, continue in that steady diet of the Word, that foundation of the truth of God's Word that is not shaken and that does not change despite everything that is going on around us. And even within this text of Scripture, I think we, there's so much encouragement that we can receive as we go through this, this troubling uh, time that this world is experiencing. So um, let's turn to our text this morning in 1 Peter chapter 1. And uh, I'd like to ask you to turn there with me, First Peter chapter 1. And the title of this morning's message is, A Privileged People. A Privileged People. And a resource was sent out last night um, through the uh, Kitchener email announcement list that I would encourage you to take a look at. Uh, it includes a sermon, sermon summary uh, from today, as well as some discussion questions that hopefully you can use uh, with your families after the service uh, or over the lunch table to continue um, keeping our focus and our attention upon the Word of God in this day, rather than all the things that are going on around us. So let's turn and read First uh, Peter chapter 1. We'll be reading verses 10 through 12, and then I'd like to follow with just a couple verses in Matthew. But First Peter chapter 10, sorry, First Peter chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. This is speaking about the salvation um, that, that Peter mentioned in verse 9. Actually, I'll, I'll read that verse as well. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvations the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. 
searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desired to look into. And then Matthew chapter 13, just two verses, verses 16 and 17, reads this. These are the words of Jesus. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. May God bless the reading of his word. Have you ever felt privileged before? Have you ever been in a a situation where you knew that you were privileged? Maybe you um, won something in a draw. Maybe you um, found yourself in a situation where you were able to see or experience something that someone else was not able to see or experience. And afterwards you realized you knew that you were privileged as a result. In our text today, Peter is opening our eyes to the incredible blessing and privilege of the grace and salvation which God has given to us as revealed in the revelation of Jesus Christ. And as believers living on this side of the cross, we are a privileged people. Privileged to be witnesses of the salvation that that Peter spoke about here at the end of verse 9, where he says, receiving the end or the outcome of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. And in the verses that we read here this morning, verses 10 through 12, Peter is highlighting for us the incredible value of this salvation and the privilege that we have of seeing and experiencing the grace of God as revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ who uh, came to this earth, who was born um, of, made and was born of the flesh, who lived a perfect life, who died on the cross, who rose again, um, who ascended to heaven, and is now seated at the right hand of God. And we read about the details of Christ's life in the Gospels and in the New Testament, um, and the details of, of all of those things that I just mentioned um, the details of Christ's life. And so much of what we read um, and, and, and what I preach and what our, us brothers preach from this pulpit is found in the Gospels and in the New Testament. And when I, when I look back on the past year of preaching and I, I consider all the, the texts of Scripture that I have preached through, it seems like the majority of those Scriptures come from either the Gospels or from the New Testament. And I think rightly so, because... I am called, we are called, as ministers of the gospel, to preach Christ. To preach Christ. Christ is to be, ought to be, front and center in our preaching. And if we're not preaching Christ, I think we've drifted. We've drifted from what we ought to be focusing our attention upon through the preaching of God's word. But Christ is not only found in the gospels and in the New Testament. In fact, the scriptures... The scriptures is full of Christ from start to finish. 
Christ is central, and there is no part of history, his story, human history, that excludes Jesus Christ. Christ is woven throughout the entirety of scriptures. One preacher put it this way. He said that in the Old Testament, Christ was predicted. In the Gospels, Christ was revealed. In the Acts, Christ was preached. In the Epistles, Christ was explained. And in Revelation, Christ was expected. Christ is woven throughout the entirety of Scripture. And Christ is the one who binds and holds it all together, as he does all things. Colossians chapter 1, verses 17 says, And he, that is Christ, is before all things, and in him all things consist or are held together. Christ is woven throughout the entire Scriptures, including the Old Testament. Now, that's not to say that something did not change when Christ came to this earth and became flesh. In fact, something did change. Something very dramatic changed. Because with the coming of Christ, we see, in essence, a climax of human history. If we look at at, at what we see as, as human history up to this point, the coming of Christ into this earth really is the climax of human history. And when Christ came, there was a defining moment of his coming. When mankind received, at that moment, at that time, they received the full revelation of the grace of God. And God's plan of salvation was unfolded right before our eyes at that time. And it's, it's a special and an incredible time. And that's what we're going to see from our text this morning as we go through these verses together. And it's from the text that I draw the three main points of this sermon um, as it speaks to the salvation and the grace of God that has been revealed to us. And it is this, that first the prophets sought it, the angels marveled at it, but we, brothers and sisters, we experience it. The prophets sought it, the angels marveled at it, but we experience it. And it is for that fact that we are a privileged people. Blessed are your eyes, Jesus said, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. Hebrews 1 verses 1 and 2 said, God who in various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the to the fathers by the prophets had spoken these last days sorry hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom all through whom also he made the worlds god has fully revealed himself to us through the person of jesus christ and as believers in christ we are incredibly privileged to be witnesses of the grace of god And that reality is just one more reason that Peter gives us to, as he says in verse 13, to set our hope fully on the grace that is to come at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, just a few comments by way of of context for those who are joining us um, as we we are going through the the book of 1 Peter. Um, The verses that we read here this morning are wrapping up the first section, uh, as it were, of of Peter's opening letter, or so the opening section of Peter's letter. And um, it really ties um, 
fits in well with what Peter is trying to do here at the beginning of his letter, to lay, um, as it were, a theological foundation and to encourage us and to remind us of the living hope, the living hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And as we move on, as we, we go through these following verses, um, or the verses that we read here this morning, Peter's goal in this section of Scripture is to open our eyes to the blessing and the privilege that we have of being witnesses of the grace of God. That really sums it up, I think, in, in one clear sentence. And Peter starts this section, um, these verses that we read, by speaking about the prophets. In verse 10, he says that it was the prophets who prophesied of the grace that should come unto us. Now, many of us are familiar with the, the prophets of the Old Testament. Um, they were messengers of God who had been appointed, chosen to speak to the people on God's behalf and to call them to repentance and to turn them back to God. And um, that is one of the, the, the primary roles of the prophets, was to, was to prophesy to the people, to speak to the people the words of God. But God also used the prophets to not just speak to the people, but to prophesy of things to come, including the coming of the Messiah, the one who is coming who would redeem and bring salvation to God's people. And I think all of this really goes back to, um, it all starts with the first prophecy or the promise that God made himself back in the Garden of Eden when, when Adam and Eve had sinned and man became separated with God and, and everything good that God had made was subject to corruption and was, was touched by sin's destructive power. But God, in that moment, in that time, made a promise in Genesis 3.15 when he said that from the seed of the woman would come one who would crush the serpent's head. And that first prophecy was the first prophecy of a coming Messiah, one who would redeem and restore us back to God. And that message of a coming redemption was carried on by the prophets throughout the Old Testament. Men like David and Isaiah and Malachi who prophesied of, of a coming Messiah. And God used these men to prophesy of this Redeemer. And, and, and there are many references within the Old Testament. I think over a hundred specific references to the Messiah and details about his life and what he would accomplish and do here upon this earth. Now it says, um, in verse 10, it says that they prophesied of the grace that was to come. The grace that was to come. You know, many of the prophets lived in a time of great wickedness, um, where the people had turned away from God, they had abandoned God, and God used the prophets, like I said, to call the people back to repent and to turn back to God, and, and sometimes they did, but oftentimes they did not, and, and when they, even when they did repent so quickly, they would turn away. Within a generation, they would turn away, and I think they, they seemed, in essence, powerless um, over this this corruption that had come upon them and that had come upon this earth. And, and the weight of the law and of their own sin was a condemnation hanging over them. And I think the prophets saw this perhaps more clearly than anyone. That they, they saw the need of grace. They saw the need of God's grace. And many of them wept as they witnessed everything that was going on around them. And, and they saw these people who were, who were lost. And they were like, as Jesus said, they were like sheep without a shepherd. 
And I'm sure the prophets wondered to themselves, they wondered, is there any hope? Is there any hope? Is there anybody who can redeem these people and bring them back to God? But God's promises are sure, and he did reveal to the prophets that there was one, that there was a grace that was to come. And he inspired the prophets through the Holy Spirit to prophesy of a coming Messiah, one who would redeem God's chosen people and would be the means of God's grace. And that prophecy caused them to, to wonder as they, they, they wrote these words and as they spoke these words, it stirred them up to wonder and to search diligently what these things meant. It says in verse 10 of the, of which the salvation, of which salvation the prophets inquired and searched diligently. And then it says, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify. They inquired, they searched diligently, intensely, um, desiring to know. They, they searched with great care, longing to know what this saving grace would look like and how and when it would come about. And it's hard for us to understand, I think, because the prophets wrote these words. They, they were actually the ones who spoke them and penned these words. Um, and we think about, you know, examples of, of, of clear references, something like Isaiah chapter 53. We know it so well, where it says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. And he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. I mean, such a clear reference, at least in our mind, of this coming Messiah and what he would do and what he would accomplish for mankind. Did they know what they were writing? Did they understand what these words meant? I think they understood what they were writing, um, but I don't think that they fully understood what God had inspired them to write. They didn't understand what it would look like, and I think that's what drove them to wonder and to search diligently what these things meant. But they knew, they knew that it was something great, and, and I think that, that knowledge of this is something special, this is something great, that is what drew them to wonder and, and to, to desire to know more about these things. Imagine writing a prophecy. Imagine writing a prophecy um, and, 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 and saying, you know, will I see this come to pass? Wondering, will I be able to witness these things that I am writing about? Wouldn't it be wonderful to see this come to pass in my lifetime? And I think maybe the best illustration that I can give is, is of, of what they felt and what they experienced is um, of us seeing a movie trailer. I think a lot of us have, have witnessed or have seen movie trailers and we know that a movie trailer is only a part of the movie. It's just a glimpse of it. It's not the full movie. And it gives us just enough detail to make us want to see more of it, to want to see the whole thing and to see how it ends. And I think that's a lot of how the prophets felt when they penned these words and when they spoke these prophecies of the coming Messiah. They wanted to see more. They wanted to see the whole thing. But the grace that they saw and that they sought after, they could not fully see and experience, though they searched diligently, diligently to find out more about these things. And I think I can't go any further without making the obvious application for us here. 
that if the prophets had such a great desire to see and to understand the grace of God as revealed in the person of Jesus Christ, how much more should we, who actually have the full revelation of God, seek and desire to know those things more? It's it's right here. We have it. We have the full revelation of God's word. We have all of it. And it is really a shame when we consider that we don't read God's word. We don't study God's word. We don't seek to understand it and search it out diligently to know more of the grace of God as revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. We are a privileged people. Don't waste the privilege which you have been given. There's nothing worse than seeing someone who has been given something so valuable and they squander it and they waste it. And we'll come back to that a little bit more near the end. Uh, but it says in, in verse 11 that the prophets testified beforehand of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. So this is speaking about the death of Christ. Um, that's the sufferings of Christ is the death of Christ and the glory to follow is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Jesus even said himself, pointing back to the prophets, um, he said in Luke chapter 24, verses 20, verse 26, he says, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And Paul even makes reference in uh, Acts chapter 26, where he says, I'm saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead. Christ's death and resurrection is a fulfillment, is a fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies. And the scriptures that, 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 uh, um, that we read here in the Old Testament are that fulfillment of these, are those, of the prophecies that we read about. And Christ's death and resurrection fulfills that. And really, I think that is, in essence, the, the gospel message. If we think about, um, just those two simple facts, as we, we wrap them up, they really represent what the gospel is. And I think the, the epistles explain that so well as, as we see the facts of, of, of the details of Christ's life within the gospels, and then it's explained throughout the epistles, through Paul and through Peter and through those other men who were inspired to write the New Testament um, scriptures that we have. And, and I think Paul summed it up so well in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I'd like to just read that verse as he he sums this up so well. He says, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you received, and wherein you stand, and by which also ye are saved. That Christ died for your sins, that's the grace of God, he died for your sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. The scriptures that Paul is speaking about here are the Old Testament scriptures. Remember, the the New Testament scriptures had not been written here. So when he's referencing according to the scriptures, he's speaking about those Old Testament prophecies that were prophesied of the Christ. And this is what was prophesied, and we now see this reality come to pass. They prophesied it, and here it is. And we know that it was the Holy Spirit um, that inspired these prophets to write these things. Peter said in his second letter that there is no prophecy of Scripture that is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not of old time, for, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, but by holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. 
And today, the New Testament prophets, namely the preachers of God's word, not new revelation, we, the, the, the canon of scripture is complete, but the New Testament prophets, the preachers of God's word, as they preach the scriptures to us, they preach through the same Holy Spirit that spoke to the prophets in the Old Testament. Verse 12 says, But unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Spirit sent down from heaven. So the point is this, that the Spirit, the people who are preaching the gospel today are preaching through the power of the same Spirit that worked through the Old Testament prophets. And the preachers today, just like the prophets in the Old Testament, are simply the means through which the Spirit of God is using to reveal and to point to Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, it was the prophets. In the New Testament, it is the preachers of God's Word. But everyone and everything points back to Jesus Christ. So in the case of the prophets, um, the Scripture says that they prophet, their prophecy was not for themselves. It says, unto whom it was revealed, so it was revealed unto the prophets, that not unto them, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that preach the gospel unto you. So the prophecy was not for themselves, but rather for us. And what a privilege that is. Do you see what a privilege it is that the prophecies that were, were given were not for those prophets, but they were rather a, a, a privilege and a blessing for us. And the prophets of the Old Testament, they, they only saw it. They saw it from a distance, and, and they, they, they sought it diligently, but it was not for them. It was for us. Now, there's another group that also saw it, um, that the Scripture speaks about, um, and it was revealed to them, I think, even more clearly. Um, and But it was not for them either. And I'm speaking about the angels. It says in verse 12, Which things the angels desired to look into. Just like the prophets, the angels also saw it. They were also witness to the grace of God revealed in Jesus Christ. And they saw it even more clearly than the prophets did. And in seeing it, they they were in awe and they were in wonder of this great salvation which was revealed. It says that which things the angels desired to look into. They desired, the ESV translated, it says they longed to look into it. And it's almost, I, I can almost picture the, the angels in heaven sort of, you know, looking over down to the earth and seeing the things that were happening and that God was doing through his plan of salvation, through Jesus Christ on the earth. And, and they, they longed to see more of it. They marveled at God's amazing plan of salvation unfolding upon the earth. And they reflected with delight upon God's redeeming work through Jesus Christ. They longed to look. Yet even in their longing, they could not experience it. They could not experience it because it was not for them. It was not for them. They could not experience, they themselves could not experience the gospel in the same way as human beings because they are not recipients of God's redemption. They are not recipients of God's redemption. Christ died for sinners. The scripture makes that clear. Christ died died to redeem 
sinners. And angels are not sinners. Christ came to this earth and died and rose again for us. And the angels could not experience that. They are simply bystanders, bystanders of the grace of God. Yet they looked, they longed to look, and they marveled with awe and amazement at the grace of God. The prophets sought it, they saw it, and they sought it. The angels marveled at it, but we, we can actually experience it. Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see the things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. Do you see it? Do you see the grace of God towards you through the work of Christ on the cross? Many people in Jesus' day did not see it. Um, Though it was right in front of their eyes, though it was happening right in their midst, they did not see it. And many people today do not see this full revelation of God, though it is right from their eyes, though we have the scriptures, the completed scriptures, and the full revelation. Everything is laid before us. Everything is laid before you. And we can not only see it, but we can actually experience it. We can participate in God's redeeming work. And for that, we are privileged and blessed Verse 12, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you. The prophets sought it, the angels marveled at it, but you and I, brothers and sisters, actually experience it. And for that we are privileged. We are a privileged people. And that's the reason I think that that Jesus um, said of us um, in uh, Matthew chapter 11, where he said that, that even the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist. He was talking about John the Baptist in this scripture and, and, and how great of a man he was. And he says in, in Matthew 11, 11, he says, Truly I say unto you, among those born of women, there has risen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So Jesus said that John the Baptist was the greatest of all the prophets. And the reason he was the greatest of all the prophets was because he actually saw Christ. The Old Testament prophets only prophesied about him, but John the Baptist, the last prophet, actually saw Christ. So he is the greatest of all the prophets. But then Jesus goes on to say that even the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he, greater than John the Baptist. How is this possible? How is it possible that even the least in the great, in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist? And the reason is because we have the full revelation of Jesus Christ. John never lived to see the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He only saw Christ, but he did not see that full revelation. And even the least in the kingdom of heaven have greater knowledge than John did. Even the least in the kingdom of heaven sees and understands the gospel, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, better than John did here on this earth. And even the least has the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling and abiding inside of them. What a blessing and what a privilege that we have, brothers and sisters, 
to have this full revelation of the grace of God revealed through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to speak just on, by way of application, um, specifically right now to those who are younger who are listening to this. Um, those perhaps who are in Sunday school um, or in your teens. Um, even if you're not a Christian, you know, this text really does speak to the privilege that we have as Christians to have this full revelation. But I want to speak to you for a moment because I want you to know that you are privileged. And I want you to know how privileged you are. Privileged to grow up in a Christian home. Privileged to have been taught the scriptures. To sit under the preaching of God's word even like you are right now. Privileged to know the gospel of Jesus Christ, of Jesus Christ and to have that revelation revealed unto you. You are very, very blessed and you are privileged to have that. And I remember back when I was a kid, um, I remember even a time in my own life when I wished that I had different parents, that I wished that I was born in a different family. And I realize now how foolish I was. Um, and I didn't see at the time the, the value and the blessing that I had from being taught the scriptures and the gospel from a young age. And by God's grace, um, I now see what a privilege that is. And I now see how blessed I truly am. And just like me, you are privileged. You have an incredible advantage having this revelation, the full revelation of God. Don't squander that. Don't put that aside. Don't suppress that. Listen to what Peter says in, in his second letter, Second Peter verses one, Second uh, Peter chapter one verse nineteen. He said, "We have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, which you do well to heed, as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. You do well to heed." what you have been taught. Look at the cross of Christ. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That is the gospel message that I preach to you, that your parents preach and teach you, and that you must believe if you will be saved. Search diligently like the prophets did. Marvel like the angels did. And come and experience the grace of God that has been revealed to you. Do not set it aside. You are privileged. We are a privileged people, brothers and sisters. And may we rest in that fact. And may um, we, we relish in the grace of God that has been poured upon us through the revelation of Jesus Christ. And may these words encourage us and strengthen us as we go throughout this day. May God be with each of you. Amen.